Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Everything's fine, and uh, not in the way that we normally mean it, where it's not actually fine. Everything is fine, but... Really fine? Yeah. It's just, it's been a very hectic morning where uh, I thought that my daughter Grace went off to camp and everything would be fine and I'd just pick her up in the afternoon. And then I got a call from Ashley saying Grace fell 15 feet on her back and we got to take her to the hospital. My God. Uh, and so we went through all that and everything, and everything ends up being fine. No major injury. It's incredible with little kids and babies how – fragile and durable they are at the same time <laughs> no it's uh they got the they got the new models on the bodies you know because they're so new and they're so like malleable right it can bounce right back right i do think i think there is something that we said of like being injured as a kid or even a young person like most people, when they tear an Achilles, they're like, all right, I'm done. No more athletic activities for me. Mm-hmm. But when I tore mine, I was 18. And so yeah. like, when I tell people I still hoop, I still run and all that other stuff, they're like, what, how? I'm like, I was 18. And everything kind of goes back to normal. Yeah, I've had tendonitis for like four months now in my knee. So it's it gets different as you get into your late 30s, unfortunately. <laughs> I also have the great fortune today of, uh, and this is just between us and the audience, I guess, because we're about to start the show. Uh, I lost all my notes. For, for I, like the show? Yes. Yeah. I don't know where they are. I, lo- I just spent the last half hour tearing through my entire house looking for them. So we're going to wing it today. That would have been a... Uh... <laughs> You text me a lot of things, but I did not get the, hey, I don't have anything today on today's show. 
I didn't find it. I, I looked all over and I could not find uh, all of the wonderful things that I had that I was going to share today. So welcome to a very unprepared sports adjacent, everyone. Well, hopefully maybe it'll be prepared if my co-host Russ Dorsey has some things in mind. He's got this nervous look on his face like he does not. And <laughs> I can already tell you with absolute certainty, more sure than I've been of anything in my entire life that our producer, Tony Gill, does not have anything prepared or ready for us today. Hey, Russ. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> I, uh, I'm looking over my notes and I'm just trying to figure out where things go. But I mean, it's cool. Everything's fine. And uh, <laughs> I think that's been the theme of today's show. Um, Tony, what do you honestly, think about a clip show, huh? Can listen, pull I, up some highlights here. <laughs> right. Like, let's run the highlight of the best of sports adjacent. Let that roll for an hour. Right. I, Russ, I, you know what he would do, too. You know, it would be 25 minutes of only things that he has said. Or things that we told him to cut out that we will. Oh, yes. Right. He's like, oh, you know, Jason had to take his daughter to the hospital today. Russ is in God knows where. I don't even know where you are. Are you in St. Louis or New York? St. Louis um, on our sports adjacent tour. Yeah. So I want to show you guys this behind me. You have a Russ has a not just a pool table in his hotel room, but a like really nice looking great Gatsby style pool table. It's silver and gold. The felt is black. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Where are you staying, man? This is this is instantly the coolest hotel room I've ever been in. So I get I'm flying from Phoenix to St. Louis on Monday, Monday morning flight and Phoenix gets delayed. It's a 745 flight. It's one of those where they say, oh, okay, um, we have a slight delay. They're fixing it. We'll be out of here in no time. And then like 30, I go to sleep. Because obviously it's early and I wake up and we still hadn't moved. Mm. And so the, I knew it was like borderline bad when you like see the captain and he makes an announcement to the the plane like, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, for the delay. We have blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so apparently they did some with an oxygen tank. And I'm like, all right, this is not good. So I was thinking we'd have to get off the plane. They they ended up getting it. It was fixed. But I was late getting to St. Louis. Yeah. And. There was a game that night, so I was mad because I'm like, I'm going to have to rush, put my stuff down, take a shower, get dressed, do all these things. And so and I get to the hotel. Everybody, the lady at the desk was so like weird and not like weird in a bad way, but she was like, do you need anything? I'm going to get you a drink real quick. And normally, like I check in and it's one, two, three operation. But she was like, "I, uh, I think they're I think they finished preparing your room. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I'd hope they're prepared. I mobile checked in like two days ago. And she was like, all right, everything's all set up. Here's your keys. I'm going to walk you to the elevator. And I'm just like, this What's is going weird. on. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, if you need anything, don't hesitate to call down to the desk. Or if you want to come down here yourself, that's fine. So I get up to the top floor of the hotel I'm staying. And there's a set of double doors on one side of the wall. And it's the only door on that side of the hallway. And I'm just like, this is odd. So I put the key in, I open the door and there's like marble tile. And then I see a couch, like a large L shaped sectional. Uh And at this point you're like, well, where's my room? Right. I was just like, is, did they, is this like the lounge? Like, did I walk into the, so then I turn, there's a nice TV. 
big open uh, like wide windows, mm-hmm. floor to ceiling. And then I just see this pool table in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is insane. But right. so then you keep walking and then like the bedrooms back there and there's a really nice bathroom in there. But cool dude this this place is crazy i've been going crazy very nice yeah, yeah. Who, who has pulled up that's what this podcast is about that's all we care about that's all you has pulled about. up Listen. to the famous russ dorsey <laughs> the russ dorsey room i'm not uh i'm not gonna say on this podcast who's pulled up the russ dorsey room it's is it that chaotic you have to keep like an appointment book or no <laughs> in st louis <laughs> stop it Stop it. So Tony, Tony's uh, filler material as uh, I am scrambling to deal with a family medical situation. And Russ is just like lost in a wonderland of his hotel room is going to be to just see if, oh, they're distracted. I'm just going to sneak through all the things they told me I couldn't put in over the last four months. Absolutely. That's that's that'll be probably our most downloaded episode ever. With the name drop episode. (laughs) And it would be our last episode that ever gets downloaded, Tony. (laughs) Can you do? Can you do some producer work for me? I hate to ask you to uh, do your job or the, yeah, you know, sure, the thing we pay you to do. No can problem. you just like? Can you scribble out the list of things that I that you already know we're not going to get to on today's show, and uh, just try to end it with one thing that's wacky and then some weird animal news? <laughs> I don't want to give away the formula, <laughs> but if you could just step away for about nine minutes and take care of that tony that'd be fantastic uh, while we're going through this chaotic start to our show i just want to let everybody out there that this podcast that you're listening to is sponsored by obvious shirts yes. our fine sponsor uh go to obviousshirts.com check out all the wonderful shirts they have over there including uh the sports adjacent collection which no, i got beef yeah like i got, I got beef with you sports adjacent. Tony, i don't want you taking let let don't russ do yeah. tony let, don't do this please don't let, do this shut up shut up tony no please, i, I want to talking about our corporate you, partner to me and I, russ can i say on out to our our wonderful listeners who bought our collection mm-hmm. before you go on your rant about how you didn't get a shirt because you didn't get a shirt Mm-hmm. But I want to say thank you to everybody out there that bought our sports adjacent collection over at Obvious Shirts. We sold out. We'll have more shirts up soon, and we'll let you know when that is happening. But thank you so much. In the meantime, if you want to buy shirts from Obvious Shirts, uh, you can get 10% off and free shipping using promo code ADJACENT10. That's promo code ADJACENT, number one, numeral zero. And before Tony complains about somehow not being able to buy a T-shirt that was available for the entire world to buy right. for a he long had time. time, like, and you got and, money, uh, so like, and it's he, your fault. And, yes, and you knew before anyone else when they went up. Uh, you can actually find out for yourself when they're coming back, Russ, because they have a thing on there. If you go to the shirt that you want and type in, and there's a thing that says "Notify me when this is back in stock." You can put in your email address. And they'll send you an email for any of the shirts. Go ahead, Tony. Tell everybody why you were unable to buy a shirt that had your name on it, literally. Mm -hmm. And you knew when it was going to be available. You also could have used our promo code adjacent 10 to get Mm -hmm. 10% off and free shipping. Like you had all the inside information Mm -hmm. and you're talking about it now as if, you know, you you read it in in a letter that Russ wrote you and sent in the mail that got there a week late. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports adjacent listeners. Um, <laughs> I didn't get a shirt because of you guys. Like, I went there on a couple of occasions. I'm like, okay, something must be like wrong. Like last week. Yeah, something must be wrong. 
you know, my internet must be out or something. Uh, so I went to buy a couple of the Everybody Loves Tony Gill shirts to come to the fact that literally everybody does love Tony Gill, apparently, because I couldn't get a shirt. And I'm very upset about that. I was going to get one for my girlfriend because she loves Tony Gill, for my mom because I know she loves Tony Gill, and for myself because, of course, I love Tony Gill. Um, and I can buy a shirt. So, yeah, screw you guys. So Tony comes on this podcast, has come on this podcast every day since we started in March and has talked about how great he is and how much people love him. Mm-hmm. But he's upset that people love him too much. They love him too much mm-hmm. and they bought all the merch. That's right. I'm not doing this with you today, Tony. Uh, Jason, can you believe this this ridiculousness that is one Tony Gill today? Like he's on one. Like I can't believe that he wants people to love him but is upset that people love him too much. It's my fault. I had a 10 minute monologue about dogs. I was going to do today and it's all gone. And this is what we have instead. You're welcome listeners. So I, I don't hear- know what he's upset about. Let's find out. <laughs> all right. Tony's upset about the NBA finals, which is in a way totally unexpected yet totally predictable because he finds a problem with anything that the rest of the world seems to like. Uh, let, let's just get into this, Tony, because I don't know what this is. You Wait, made passing reference start, to this. I don't know why people, he's upset. Inform the people about that the Bucks won the final, all that good stuff. Yeah, we're recording this. So that's part of our haphazard nature today. And thank you, Russ, for um, guiding me back on track to do my my professional responsibility as a co-host today. I appreciate that. Uh, and I may need more of that in the following 45 minutes. If Got you can. just, just all I need you to do is think for your own self, uh, think for Tony, because that's part of every week. And then just partially kind of keep an eye on me. So be the adult. Gotcha. For all three of us, be three adults <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. uh, so we, we pushed this as late as we could, because do you know what we would have had? To, let's before we get to Tony. I want to talk about uh, Plan B that I had that you don't even know about, Russ. For if uh, we had not been able to push this recording back to include the NBA Finals, because you guys at home understand this would have looked really dumb if we recorded this Monday or Tuesday. We usually record on Tuesday. Game six, the NBA Finals was Tuesday night. The Bucks won, uh, but then it doesn't come out till Thursday morning. So you would have gotten this Thursday morning. Uh, with zero reference whatsoever to whatever happened in game six, we would have been hoping there'd been a game seven just so that somebody team didn't win a championship uh, for us to omit. But Giannis and Tentacumpo, 50 points in the game, uh, in the final game, game six, they went four in a row to win four, two. I was really happy by the way that he got 50 Russ, because he was sitting there. I thought he had 49 and they showed a graphic on TV that showed that said he had 47, which I think was incorrect. And I'm like checking my phone. I'm like, oh, how great would it be for this guy to get 50? And I see he does have 49, but it's getting down to the end. It's going to be all free throws. There's no way he is going to end up with the ball in his hands during free throw time. And then he did. Yeah. And he made one of two. What did he finish free throw wise? It was really good. Was it like 16 17, of 18? 17 of 19. He for did fantastic. I was so happy for 49% him. 49% free throw percentage. But you know what we were going to do if we had to record this beforehand? I think we were going to just let my plan was to let us kind of set up takes that we were going to deliver and uh, then let Tony dub in whatever he wanted as our opinions based on because he would re, he would be editing it after game six. We'd be recording it before game six. So I would say something like, Russ, I, I can't believe it, but I just I think that the whole series turned around on the Phoenix Suns. 
and then let him put it. Tony will insert something there and then you react, you react horrified and shocked. Go ahead. I can't believe that you said that because obviously this is really where the series turned. When Giannis scored a bunch of points. You really think so? I mean, it shocked me when I saw Chris Middleton also score a lot of points. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, this is funny. My like, favorite, fun. my favorite, favorite part of the whole series, Russ, and you're not gonna believe this, was when Giannis dunked. But yeah, I couldn't believe that that happened because right leading up to that play, Chris Paul fell down. That's all we can put in because it's going to require too much creativity from Tony. He's got to come up with like 10 things to dub in there now already. No, anyway, I, it worked better out that we just waited. I loved this series. Well, it'll be interesting to listen to this in post and see what he puts in there. He's going to say the whole series. He's going to have me say something like the whole series turned on Frank Kaminsky, probably. Um, I was very pleased with this series. People were complaining about it early on. The first three games were not very good, not very interesting. Game four, you got a close game. Close and good is not always the same thing, but it was at least dramatic and close. And then all the games after that were good. I thought game five was really good. Game six was really good. It was very interesting. I was very glad to see Milwaukee win. I mean, uh, Malika Andrews was pointing this out last night that you just don't see a lot of guys a lot of teammates spend eight years together like Giannis and Chris Middleton and build something like that. And then finally get there instead of it just being this fruitless pursuit. Like we've seen from the bulls a lot where they've put these teams together that kept building and building and building and never quite got over the hump. What are you upset with Milwaukee about Tony? Because everybody is celebrating this. Everybody loves happy, lovable, graceful, joyous, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the entire city of uh, city of Milwaukee and state of Wisconsin celebrating him. And you're upset because what? Yeah. Two things. Uh, one, two I'm, things. Being, I'm being a hater because I, okay. I support you're Tony Gill. Got it. Chicago. Um, and the city is just too close to Chicago and people like make frequent trips back to Chicago when they live in, in Milwaukee. And it's like, no, stay in Milwaukee. You want to live in Milwaukee? Just stay in Milwaukee. That's really uh, harsh. Wait a minute. Why? Why? So if you, you think if someone moves to Milwaukee, what if they have like a sick parent that lives there or they get a really great job offer there or they get traded there or something like that, or they go to college there or they meet a lovely uh, woman from there and get married they, and move up this there. Is, Why, this, what, what, you this want, is don't, so feelings, if you leave, no facts once right you're now. out, you're out. Like, all feelings, no facts right now, Jason. All feelings, no facts. All right. So the most irrational person I know. It, it, it's too close. To, and I'm, I'm hating. I'm really big hating. Like, all right, Cleveland, they got their championship. Obviously, LeBron, you know, it's LeBron. So, of course, they're going to win one eventually. Um, now, Milwaukee has one post-Jordan. Who's next? Detroit? Indiana? They do. They are going to get like, Kate Cunningham in right. the draft. It's so. like, it's so, it's so whack that, you know, after running the division, specifically the Central Division in the Eastern Conference, after running the NBA for so long uh, with Jordan, that Cleveland and now Milwaukee – both have NBA championships before the Bulls post Jordan. And I'm just hating on that right now. Like it, it, it sucks. And from what it seems like with Detroit about to get Cade and what they're building there, like it's possible that Detroit is becomes better. Indiana has already Hold been. Hold on a second. Please Hold, stop, please. Like, stop, please. Stop. Am I to understand? I just need to clarify this, Tony. Mm-hmm. Am I to understand that you are pre mad? Mm-hmm. about the upcoming Pistons dynasty. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm hearing yeah. this right. Go ahead. All right. And my second thing is 
Now, to his credit, he won the championship. He can do whatever he wants now. But him talking about like Giannis, of, you're saying yeah, Giannis, um, of super teams and trashing it, like he really should watch his step. No, because this was an odd no, no, year. This no, was a should. weird year. He won. If Kevin Durant wore a normal size shoe, they would have fired his coach and blew up that team anyway. But Just a half of inch would have ended his entire Milwaukee Bucks life. Uh, and next year, the full weight of the NBA and those super teams are going to crash down on him. There is you know no what? way the NBA is going to allow the Milwaukee Bucks to go to the NBA Finals again. This, no is my, this is my response, Tony. It doesn't matter. None of it, what you said matters because they want it. That dude is now a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, most improved player, and finals MVP and NBA champion. You can't tell him anything. So, like, if there was a night where he could go off and say whatever he wanted, it was last night when he won the title. He yeah. put up a 50 ball in a closeout game six. Like, yeah, there's nothing he didn't do. Agree, agree. But still, wait till next year, buddy. I hope you enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy it while it lasts. Because when the Brooklyn Nets are back and Atlanta gets better and LeBron comes back, Say, I hope you enjoy that one championship. Let's keep first. it up. Can I keep it a buck about the Brooklyn Nets, though? Yes. It ta- they it has to be too perfect for them to, like, win. You know what I mean? Like, they have to have three guys all clicking on all cylinders. Everybody in that locker room has to, like, they can't have no drama. Like, it just seems like it, it's going to take, like, the perfect season for them to, like, win the title. It could happen, but it just – it's not as simple as like KD and uh, I mean, um, AD and LeBron where it's like, all right, we'll know they're probably going to be in at least the Western conference finals with Brooklyn. It's just like, those guys get hurt a lot. There's drama. A lot of the time, maybe somebody just don't want to play. Like there's always stuff with Brooklyn. So you never, I mean, it was, it it was all fun and games, you know, this year is cool. Like they did the same thing with, with Kawhi, right. Where they tried to anoint Kawhi as, you know, best player in the world until it got real. So yeah, this is this is fine. You know, you win one, do it again. Some guys have again. none. Some guys have none, Tony. You know that. Like some of the greatest players in the history of the game have zero. You know what he's gonna you do? Think Russ? Chuck wouldn't have wanted a year where Mike got hurt and he could just say, oh, "I want a title." Everybody, right. all these guys over here get building super teams. When like Mike could just say, "I didn't even play. You didn't have to go through me." Right. I think Chuck would be happy to have a, a ring like this. And that's how history will remember it, by the way. Exactly. There will be no asterisk on this 10 years from now. Oh. Uh, do you know what do you know what Tony will do if they do win it again, Russ? Do you know what his do you know what I, I'm reading the Tony playbook right He's here? You're gonna burn a car in Milwaukee. No, it'll be go ahead, win a third. Win a third, prove it. <laughs> you know, anybody can win two and a third. Win six. Yeah. Huh? Uh, by the way, the worst takes on the 2021 NBA finals that you have ever heard in your life from Tony Gill are brought to you by obvious shirts. You can go on there and sign up with your email address to be notified as soon as an everyone loves Tony Gill shirt becomes available again, because I'm sure everybody wants one after that. Please, Russ, I want you... everybody to buy one of those shirts so Tony doesn't get one the second time. Oh, gosh, I would love that. Better That'd not. Be great. Better not. A second wave of them and he gets shut out again. Sidebar from our finals talk. Tony, I literally sent you guys the link before I even we even put it out to the public. I think everyone assumes that, Russ. I, I don't think we need to. We, we, you and I keep arguing this like we're, uh, you know, putting forward a case in court when I'm sure that anyone who has ever listened to five minutes of this show before knows clearly that Tony did this to himself. When you went into the finals, Russ, you were saying that you didn't 
weren't really rooting for either team. You wanted a good series. Mm -hmm. I would say that you got that. You got a good series. Did you find yourself, though, because sometimes I think that when I'm watching a game, I think I don't care who really wins. I'm not I don't have a vested interest in this Super Bowl or in an NBA final series. And then when it gets down to the final minutes and one team is losing, I, I that's when I realize, oh, man, I really wanted I really want to see this team pull it off. Did that happen for you at any point where your heart kind of shifted a little bit and you're like, boy, I really want to see Giannis get this, or I really want to see Phoenix get back into it and turn things around. No, I think every game of the series, it was exactly like when I said I, I'm rooting for good basketball, it wasn't the cop out. It's like, I really love basketball. And like to see each of these games besides the first one where Milwaukee got blown out, where every game came down to the final five minutes of the game. Like that's exactly what I wanted. Um, and I think after <laughs> Phoenix jagged the lead uh, in game three, I think last night was when I was just like, all right, Giannis, close this thing out. Like he's, he had legendary performances throughout the finals, back-to-back 40 balls after we didn't even know he was going to play in the NBA finals. I think that's right. got lost in all of this. Like we didn't even think, we thought his season was over like a week ago. Um, and then for him to come back and put up what 35, 15 and five in the, yeah, 35, 13 and five in the series and then put up a 50 ball and shoot basically 90% from the line when that's been his issue, the entire series, the entire playoffs, um, and knock down that many free throws in a closeout game six, like a legendary performance. And to be honest, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that might be one of, if not the best finals performance ever. The totality of what he did in six games. No, I mean or like last night. The last uh, night might be six. the most yeah. the best um individual performance in a finals game. Like Mike 45 in the closeout in Utah, uh Magic his rookie season when he uh played center when Kareem Abdul Jabbar got hurt. Uh I think it was like 45, 17, 9 or 10. Um that's up there. Like that's we're going to look back on that yeah. play or that game as a legendary performance. We're going to look at his series as one of the legendary performances, um, especially that block, you know, the, he had a couple one and wasn't in, I think one was in game two and the the great one was in game uh, or one was in game three and the great one was in game four on Deandre Aiden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this Giannis was already on a hall of fame trajectory and he was going to get there two time MVP, but this kind of puts him in that, like, next tier right not only does he have there's not a lot of guys that have two mvps he's the only player in history to have an mvp defensive player of the year most improved uh a nba finals and a finals mvp and so yeah this like takes him up when we yeah. look back on this dude's career we're gonna be like yo this is one of the all-time greats like dirk right now is the best international player ever tony you agree with me on that one mm-hmm. i think he likes marketing uh, Hakeem. Oh, Keem. I, I always forget because Hakeem played, he played college, college here. here. Yeah. But like, yes, if you put Hakeem up there. But I think we're going to look at Giannis and be like, I mean, he's in that top three with Hakeem and, and Dirk as one of the best international players to ever play basketball. I found myself rooting for him and for Chris Middleton, too. And I do hope, you know, Chris Middleton ends up playing for the Olympic team. We, I, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody that was in the finals opted out of that at this point because they're just exhausted and beat up. But uh, Middleton and Giannis 
are unique stories, not only in the fact that they've been together this long and been through a lot together basketball wise, but neither of them was great when they arrived. Neither of them was Giannis won a most improved player. You have to be pretty bad the year before to win a most improved player. That doesn't usually go. LeBron doesn't have one. LeBron doesn't have one. Like if you could be like, you could be a good player and go to a great player and win most improved. But there were, there were a few years there at the beginning of his career. He was not, Great. He's I think a project. He went, they drafted he went him 15th in yeah. his draft. I mean, he really had to progress and work. And so did Middleton. And, and by the way, if you're rooting for Giannis, if you, I, I, I don't have any concern either way about the Milwaukee Bucks, but I was rooting for Giannis in the series. If you're rooting it for him, man, every free throw adventure is excruciating. Every single one of those you're like, Oh my gosh, please, buddy, please make one. And when you say, when you talk about him taking over at the end of game six, when I saw him making all his free throws, I felt like he was there and that might not be fair because I think if he really could focus in more and control it that way, he probably would have already done that. But he looked like when there was five or six minutes left in that game, game six, I, it seemed like Giannis was not going to let that fall apart. Right. That he single-handedly he, and you don't see that from him a lot at the end of games. At least I don't, I don't see him really take over and dominate at the end of games. He, there's a lot of passing off at the end of games for him, but offensively and defensively, he was everywhere. And I don't know how many minutes he ended up playing in that game. I'm guessing it was probably about 44 out of 48. He was just not going to let them lose. And I, I, I loved seeing that force of will at the end of the game for him. I remember watching an early, the early days of Giannis before like most improve or maybe after he got it. And it was still kind of Jabari's team. I guess they were mm-hmm. trying to build around Jabari Parker. Jabari and OJ Mayo. <laughs> they were, uh, yeah, they were uh, at NBA TV. They uh, would broadcast some of the practices like during summer, during training camp on television. Uh, and I was watching it and I'm like, I don't think Jabari is better than Giannis. And they were still like running things through Jabari and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this is going to switch fairly quickly. And then like soon after that, like it just kind of switched where it's like, no, it's this dude's team and it's not Jabari's team anymore. Um, But yeah, like what Milwaukee did was weird. Like, I mean, it's crazy how this stuff works out. Like, Boonholzer was just about to be fired, and now they can't fire him. Yeah, you can't fire him. (laughs) It's just, it's it's funny how that stuff ends up happening. He must have known they were going to win because he actually looked somewhat put together in that game. I think the black, I think the Budenholzer, maybe the black shirt helped him a little. He always looks very haggard. Confused. Yes. He always looks like he just woke up. His hair's a mess. His shirt is kind of rumpled and untucked. And uh, he's just like distraught about whatever's going. He actually looked like, He's normally very disheveled. Uh, game six, he looked very disheveled. I thought, and I don't, I don't, I don't think we mean that in a disrespectful way either. But no, anyway, I probably watches basketball and watches butt on the sideline. Like he always, he's like a meme. Like he always looks like, what is going on here? <laughs> I'm so confused. I don't yeah. know what just happened. But no, nah, I, I think he's he's a good coach that was definitely on the hot seat. But yeah, his team did what they were supposed to do, and it saved his job. So and now he's a champion, Russ, just like Greg Popovich. Listen, and, look. and Phil Jackson and uh, and everyone else. I want to say the coolest part about the Bucks winning the finals is that this morning Giannis was on IG live. Oh, really? He was okay. at uh, Chick-fil-A with his uh, his fiance. OK. And they're in line. And he tells the girl, he's like, um, excuse me, can do you mind if I put the camera on you? 
And so he puts the camera on the girl. He's like, there's 150,000 people watching. And she was like, really? And then the, <laughs> like the 18 year old girl taking the order. He's like, all right, can I get a 50 piece chicken minis? Not 49, not 51. 50. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And then this dude thought he was going to get Chick-fil-A for life because he just won the finals. So <laughs> Chick-fil-A, I hope by the time this pod comes out, Chick-fil-A comes through and gives Giannis the, the Chick-fil-A for life. That would be cool. No. What? Oh, my God. Here you go. Stop he it, Tony. Tony. He's a gazillionaire. Pay for your Chick-fil-A. Shut up. Give that to Tony, yes. Russ, do you want to hear some other thoughts? Uh <laughs> that emerged from my brain and my, and actually my daughter's brain. I wrote some of these down uh, during the NBA finals. Oh, sure. My, my seven-year-old da- daughter, Anna uh, refers to Chris. I don't think she knows Chris Paul's name. She just calls him that basketball player from state farm. <laughs> Disrespect. <laughs> That's who she thinks he is. He thinks she thinks he's a, a, commer- a television commercial actor who got to suit up for the Suns these past couple of weeks, by the way, Chris Paul is my age. And he's running around there, and Milwaukee doesn't have a single guy that can guard him. Not a single guy. I, what is P.J. Tucker doing out there trying to guard Chris Paul? Chris Paul was open all night in game I six. mean, he didn't have – he had a good game one and game two. Then he – game three and four, he was, like, bad. Who beat? And then five and six, he was all right. But uh, my, my daughter also says Brooke Lopez looks like a Roman emperor. Give that to her. Okay. That was that was he had a couple of dunks in that series, man. No, no, he 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 came to life in in the finals. Uh this is my own thought. DeAndre Ayton looks every age from <laughs> 13 to 68 all at once. I don't know how he does it. That's funny. he looks both like yeah. a child and a grandfather at the same time, all the time. I take it by your laughter that you agree. Um Frank Kaminsky scored, I think, did he have six points? Did he finish with six points? He had six points, uh, I think, in the third or fourth quarter. And he looks surprised every time one of his moves works. <laughs> he had some kind of spin move into the paint, and he then he missed the shot because I think he was just so shocked to find himself open that he had shook whoever was guarding him. Um, and Mike Breen sounded surprised, too, when he yelled out, Frank Kaminsky, six points. <laughs> You guys, know, you know the story of of uh, the draft of Frank Kaminsky. I remember covering that draft, and I uh, I think he went ninth, and the Heat were picking tenth, mm-hmm. and the Heat wanted Justice Winslow from Duke so badly, mm-hmm. and they were so sure that Michael Jordan was going to take Winslow the pick before them or two picks before them, whatever it ended up being, and uh, he took Kaminsky. Is that the story, or do you have something yeah, else? Yeah, no, 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 that's the story. I don't think the audience knew Thank. the story, that Michael Jordan thought people were coming up the draft to take Frank Kaminsky. Yes. So he grabbed him, and it was like, all right, let's make a deal. Turning <laughs> down phone calls. And everybody's and right. like, nah, I'm, we're good, bro. We got who we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Down here at 27, thanks. I can picture Michael just answering the phone, calling about Frank. Answers no. Uh, Devin Booker went, what was it, 13th in that draft? I mean, he went after both of those guys. That, that's an interesting draft. I think Bobby Portis and Cameron Payne were both also in the first round of that draft, were they not? After Booker. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, uh, Tony, I wanted to ask you about that. I don't think I have any more really uh, interesting thoughts about the finals, except that, Russ, if you saw those 65,000 people outside the arena, I don't understand that. 
I, I have no interest in ever doing anything like that. And I wanted to check in with you, my friend, who could shoot straight with me and help me. Uh, is it because I'm old that I want nothing to do with being out in a crowd of 65,000 screaming drunk people watching a game on TV? Or is it because I am sane? No, I don't think you're crazy. Look, that's a lot of people. Like, the, they had the Deer District outside of Fiserv, and each day or, like, they had a game during the finals, they had about 30,000 people out there. Fiserv yeah. only holds 25,000, right? So to yeah. think about 65,000, that's basically three times the amount of people that you can fit inside the arena were outside the arena. Um, and then they closed out the series in Milwaukee last night, like, I have a couple of friends that live up there uh, that I went to college with and they were sending videos to our group chat and they're from, from outside from Milwaukee, the Milwaukee streets. Okay. And none of those dudes have shirts on. And I was like, I know what time it is in Milwaukee tonight. So I don't, <laughs> I w- wouldn't want any parts of that either. I think you, that you're fine with your, your okay. thought process. Thank you. Uh, I saw that the fans, at least in Phoenix, I don't know if they were doing this in Milwaukee during the, the games that were in Phoenix, but la- but game six in Milwaukee, the fans in Phoenix were inside the Phoenix arena watching on TV. And I wouldn't necessarily choose to do that either, but at, at least that to me looks reasonable. That I, that I would consider at least if somebody asked me if I wanted to go do that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to pay to watch stuff on TV. Like, that's right. weird. Like, I could just stay at home and, I don't have to worry about parking or mm-hmm. food right. or, or $13 beers or anything right, like that. Or, right. you know, or COVID, you know, stuff like that. Like, nah, I can, I can just watch TV at my house with my friends instead of strangers. Russ, did you hear when Jeff Van Gundy said that uh, Anthony Fauci would be cringing during the shots of those 65,000 people gathered out there? Pretty much. I don't know if I saw any masks at all. Uh, did you catch that part? It was a little awkward on the broadcast. I didn't remember hearing that part, but I would not be shocked if it was said and it probably was super awkward, but he was it not was, wrong. It was that's why it was awkward, because it was true. <laughs> um, Tony, the thing I wanted to ask you about that's Bulls related here is you see two really, really good teams in the mm-hmm. Suns and the Bucks, And you see Bobby Portis and Cameron Payne playing very important roles for those teams. Neither of them was a star. By the way, Russ, I don't think they planned on interviewing Bobby Portis at the podium after the game. He was great in that series. Like he was, but he I don't think they, I don't think he was scheduled to make an appearance for the uh, <laughs> interviews there next to Middleton and. I, I don't think know, he man, scheduled the, himself for that. The only reason I think he was because they love him in Milwaukee. Like after Giannis and Chris Middleton, he might be the third most beloved player on that team. So maybe they were just like, you know what? Let's get Bobby Portis up here so the fans can scream and chant Bobby. So maybe. Perhaps. Uh, Tony, why do you think those guys have, were able to be quality contributors on really good teams and neither of them was really anything for the Bulls? Um, I think it just speaks to more of the environment that the guard packs Bulls had. Um you the credit that you can give at least Gar because I don't know how much scouting that John did, but Gar has the scouting background. Uh, Gar can spot some talent, um, and obviously everything doesn't work. But I mean, his views on campaign came to fruition with Phoenix. Uh, 
when they selected Bobby Portis. I didn't like the pick when he was drafted. Uh, but you see what Bobby can do uh, on a in a winning situation. The environment was just extremely toxic in Chicago for a long time. Uh, training, like all of that, the, the thoughts about, you know, tanking. And if you don't handle tanking well as an organization, it's going to ruin players. Uh, it's going to have players feel defeated. Like, I was this player in college. Why am I a perpetual loser at this level? Um, if you don't handle that correctly, I'm not saying tanking is bad because teams have benefited from tanking, but if you don't handle it well enough, you're going to have a, a roster full of, full of losers with a losing mentality. And that's the fine line that you play with in terms of getting top tier talent. But it was all about the environment, Jason. And if you don't have the proper environment to have player development, and winning culture be a theme and a constant reminder, you're not going to get things that you expect from the talent that you drafted or the talent that you acquire. And when you put those same players in different environments of winning culture, of accountability on all levels, it, it, you get a different result. And I think that's what Phoenix got with campaign. And I think that's what the Bucks got from uh, Bobby Portis. Especially Bob, man. Like Bob was not a bum. Like he was SEC player of the year his last year at Arkansas. So like this is a dude who had talent that could play. And like think of all the coaches that Bobby had when he was with the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he finally got around some good coaches. He got up with a coaching staff in Milwaukee that had one of the best player development staffs in in, in basketball. Look what they did with Chris Middleton and Giannis and some of the guys they brought in there. Uh, guys like Pat Connaughton, you know what I'm saying? So, like, guys who played roles and played roles well and learned how to fit around superstars uh, and other star players. And so, no, nah, shout out to them for for getting those opportunities, you know, somewhere else where, you know, maybe other teams like, ah, nah, those guys aren't good because they were bad in Chicago and they found the right fit, you know? fit The fit is everything. I think you're right about that, and especially in terms of the personnel that they're playing with and how different that is for Cameron Payne in Phoenix and for Bobby Portis in Milwaukee, where both of those guys all along, especially where they were picked. I mean, you can, you can find a star. You can find a star in second round. Chris Middleton was a second round pick, but the chances are pretty low after you get past maybe the seventh pick in most draft classes. And so Cameron Payne and Bobby Portis probably all along could have been solid, dependable role players. Could have been Bobby Portis can be your seventh best player, but when you draft him 22nd overall and you're the Bulls and you want him to be your second best player, it, that's just that's asking too much. That's that's asking him to carry something that he's not going to be able to do. When you put him on a team that has a bunch of other players where he can play off the bench, he can he the pressure is not all on him. He's playing against backups a lot of time as part of that second union unit. That's an atmosphere where Bobby Portis could thrive and Cameron Payne could thrive. Russ, you know what I'm disappointed in the Phoenix Suns by? They didn't break the glass in case of emergency. What's that? Russ knows what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're. T- I don't though, and I and I can't possibly be the only one listening to you that doesn't know. What was it? Uh, there was a, a story that came out about the Phoenix Suns uh, last year uh, about a, a team activity that they decided to uh, engage on um, that seemed to had helped them in the bubble. Uh, in terms of being a cohesive unit. Uh, and they didn't do that 
it doesn't seem like uh, this time. Russ, why do you look so upset? And I think that's a big reason why they know what part team of activity me. is. And <laughs> I hate that Tony be including me on these things. Like, <laughs> All right, guys, right. Tony just be yeah. including me on these things. Yeah, he does do that. He does. He does pull you in unwillingly a lot of times when he's about to say something inappropriate. He'll he's building up to whatever thing he's going to refer to, and I can only guess what he's talking about because I did not catch that story a year ago. But he likes to start it by Russ knows what I mean, which yeah. you probably do, but you don't necessarily want to be attached I'm trying to, to whatever's coming if, next. I'm trying to decide if it's okay to share this. Uh, I don't. Nah, man, we not TMZ. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Just look up Phoenix Suns. Um, team activity, IG model. I have a question that I need clarification on, and this is not intended to be funny. This is because I need to know, as I'm out in the world, uh, when you say fam, is that a positive or a negative? Me personally, Russell. I keep hear I keep hearing fam used in a in both ways. I mean, fam has a a lot of meanings. Fam could mean like family, short for. Right. Um, yes. Fam is also a term that you could use to express disgust. Right. That's what I was thinking because Tony uh, prefaced something very angry to Rachel Nichols with fam, and then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Does that mean a good, is that in term of endearment or a, a negative term? It could also be used as a term of endearment. Like if something really good happens in a, like a group chat, I can be like fam. And it could be like, it could be something really, really okay. good. So like, yeah, it just all depends on context. And then is there a derivation of it where it gets stretched out to family? And does that mean something different? Because I think I've heard Tony do that too. Yes. Russ, if I don't ask these questions here, I have nowhere else to ask them. I said yes. <laughs> okay, well, tell me what it means. Well, first of all, Jason, you what does know, it mean when you stretch you know it out to than, family? You know the than, original you know word. Two black people, so I <laughs> think you have people you can ask. <laughs> you know what? Let's just go ahead and play. What's that mean? Because okay. <laughs> we're already there. I hope that's not one of them. And now it's time for what does that mean? What does that mean? With your host, Russell Dorsey. The thing. What are you talking about? And everybody's favorite contestant, Jason Leach. I don't understand. Russ? Welcome to another edition of What's That Mean, the OG version. Jason tried to do some twisted version with me as the contestant. Nobody likes that, so we return. <laughs> you know who liked that? Do you know who you liked that? Do you, oh, by the way, uh, bonus word, do you know what OG means? original gangster and it means like a mentor or, or, or the way you're using it in this uh context would be like the you know the original true form of the game good job i think you know who liked the spinoff who did your mother i'm not going there uh hi mom i know you listen. i'm not being glib that's true no it's cool it's cool no 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 i know like <laughs> i know no i know you weren't trying to like come at me i know my mom is actually a listener of our podcast <laughs> i know <laughs> and like, i tell you that i worry about that every it. week yeah if you weren't my friend i we you catch these hands but like i understand that she's an actual listener <laughs> <laughs> you guys know how the game's played i'm gonna give jason five words from pop yeah 
character and seeing if he knows uh, what they mean, where they derive from, etc. I'm sure uh, I do. We're going to start off pretty easy this week, or what I would consider easy. Jason, your first word is snack. Do you know what a snack is? This is like uh, this is like a weird version of the spelling bee. You're presenting it like the spelling bee host. I like that too. Like I was watching a, scripts last week. So <laughs> yes, like this is academic theater that we're doing right now. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a meal. Now, before you finalize the answer, I just want you to know you said that the word snack means meal. Correct. Meal of food. Yes. Jason, you are incorrect. Give him the the buzzer, Tony. Jason, that's the actual definition of the word snack. We're looking for the pop culture definition of the word snack. The word snack means to be handsome or beautiful, good looking. Someone who refers really? to themselves as a snack. Wow. That means that they look good to them and to others. So wow. you're up for one. It's all good. That was the easy one? Well, we're going to find out that <laughs> it's going to get harder from here. Then if, if that was the one that you didn't get, I, I had hope for you on that. note, we're going to number two. <laughs> Jason, what is a slap? A slap is an insult. Tony, you had multiple opportunities at this one and you failed at all of them. So a slap means that you're handsome. You're wrong again. Give him another one. Brazilian butt lift. I'm just trying all the ones. Just stop. A slap. You gave us the true definition. Once again, that is not how this game is played. You have to give us the pop. All right. All right, man. Definition. I don't need the lecture. I'm trying. I'm no, trying. you know why I got less you? Because this is what you did last week. So now that you know how it feels. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now you know how it feels. <laughs> a slap could be, in terms of music, it's a really good song. Oh, okay. Or... If something is really good, whether it's a food or, or a beverage, yeah. you could say this slaps. And you like it's so good, it makes you slap your knee. Yeah, it, it no. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it as a verb or a noun. If it's a noun, okay. you would All right. music. If it's a verb, that would be like if something's really good. Okay. Over for two. Um, not going well for you, sir. Uh, this is uh, one of Tony's favorites. Also, one of my favorites. Do you know what the definition of flued out is? Flued out? That's not grammatically correct, but that's how the kids say it. To be flued out. Means to be dressed extremely well. Mm. Oh. Anthony, and that's, uh, what, half of them, and that's let, what half of them mean, by the way, I think. I want you to let Mr. Gill know what uh, flued out means. So fluid out is when someone purchases your plane ticket to come see them so they can do adult activities. But that's a it, trick, it, though, because it's that's not always what, adult activities. But yes, he's correct. So it basically means what the words mean, what the words would mean if they were real words. What, like flown out? Well, yeah, you guys keep. Uh, all right, fine. <laughs> Like the first two mean nothing like what the dictionary definition is. And then the third one isn't a real word. But if it was, it's actually like pretty close to what the dictionary definition would be. Well, that's why we, play, we don't make the rules. That's why we play the game, Jason. We don't make that's why we play the game. <laughs> actually, we kind of do make the rules, but it's OK. Um, over three, there's there's time to at least make this respectable, a respectable performance. Oh, uh, getting shut out is not the worst thing that could happen. In this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is for you. 
no, getting shut out and then also canceled because one of my answers would be uh, would be the. Oh worst. yeah, that is the ultimate. <laughs> yes. Over five with five strikeouts. Right. Yeah. Oh, for five with six strikeouts next. Yeah, game. and then ejected right. from the game. <laughs> right. Number four. What does say less mean, Jason? It's one word. Say less. Mm, say less. One word? How is that one word? Like pay less? We don't I mean, we don't make we don't make the rules, Jason. We make the rules. Say less. Say less means to dance. Tony. This is a rough it means performance. to if it means to literally say fewer words and say less things, that's gonna be very frustrating. Tony? Uh I guess it kind of means oh, come on. Words. <laughs> you can't overthink this game, dude. This is like Russ, it's like, well, the whole thing is a mind bleep. The whole thing is overthinking. It's <laughs> like, it is. This was the other way around. And I was like, all right, Russ, your next word is humidifier, if you know what I mean. And you're like, humidifier, does that mean? And then you say something horrible. And I'm like, nope, it means the machine that pumps, you know, water vapor into the air. <laughs> Good try, Russ. So the definition of say less. Everything you say, what it, every time you say the word, I'm thinking like, okay, whatever's the most obvious answer, that can't be it. So then the I have to think of this like, game is to get you to understand pop culture. So I think you should be watching, be on Urban Dictionary a lot more. I, think I should. Oh, trust me. I, I, that, but I, but if I did that, that'd be cheating. It feels like. Well, I wouldn't necessarily pick the ones that are on the site, but I'm just or go on TikTok, go on Instagram, do anything where young people are. Well, <laughs> actually, I don't want you to catch a charge. Don't do that. <laughs> um, that was questionable advice. I don't have a definition TikTok. of say less. So let's say. Tony, uh, I'm going, uh, me and Tony are out. And he was like, yo, my, me and my girl having a party. Some of her friends are coming through. I would respond by saying, say less, which means you don't have to say nothing else or I'm down or whatever. That's what. Oh, okay. I like that one. I might use that. I like that. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of saying bet. Yep. It's a, it's a synonym for bet. Okay. I'm gonna stumble through that one probably the first times I first few times I try to use it, but I like that one. I want to use that one. So like, like if you're if you're if you're you text the group with me and Tony and you say, "Yo, I'm grilling this weekend," and both Tony and I will just say, "Say less." Got it. Oh for four, um, you have one shot at redemption, sir. And I know the word, and it's probably the hardest one on here, so I'm not hopeful. Um, is this like uh, is this like where you get like a half court shot to win the game, like? This would nullify the four misses that I had. This would be your uh, the story of your basketball dreams that you always tell, where like <laughs> the blowout and you hit the three at the buzzer. It didn't really matter. You just right. hit the three. Yeah, this would be that. But except you're on okay. the losing side of it. I, I'm. I feel like I'm always on the losing side of this game. Your last word, straightening. What does straightening mean? Noun or verb? Tony, can I, do you think we can give them both? <laughs> Straighten? Straightening. Straightening. Correct. With an apostrophe at the end. All right, yes, I got sir. it. Uh, it means like just walking real cool with a real cool vibe. Is this a bit? Well, the whole show is a bit, but no, I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of whatever I, I would guess that it is and then answer confidently. Tony. Mm. Swing and a miss. 
It's that that solidifies an 0 for 5 for you, sir. Straightening popularized in a Migos song. Straightening means to straighten somebody out. Who are the Amigos? I'm not doing this with you. Straightening. <laughs> if I have an issue with you, Jason, and I'm say, all right, Jason just needs a little straightening. That means you know it's about to go down. Oh, okay. All right. That could also be used with catch these hands, except I don't have to say I'm not saying I'm not gonna even say that. I'm just like Jason could use a little straightening. Like you know what time <laughs> it is. <laughs> One of my favorites. That is what's that mean? Uh where Jason Leisure just went over five. Still get paid though. So the name in image likeness rule has been in effect in the NCAA for about eh, two and a half, three weeks. And you already have a lot of college athletes all over the country getting sponsorships, getting deals, which is great. Um, I've always been a proponent of college athletes being paid um, for their name, image and likeness because the are working has made a lot of money off of the backs of college students for a long time. And those college students didn't receive anything. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're free tuition, room and board, all that. No, stop. Uh, they basically working a full-time job with overtime and didn't receive anything for it. So I think this is great. Um, one of the biggest uh, names in college football Nick Saban was speaking to the media recently and said that he, one of his main recruits quarterback, Bryce young, who who's coming in this year has already received a million dollars through NIL, which is crazy. A million dollars for an 18, 19 year old kid is insane. Um, It's great. Shout out to him. This kid's not even the starter yet. Alabama and is already making that much money so like I can only imagine after some success like where and once people know like how big of a player he might be what that number is mm-hmm. um the reason I bring it up with you guys this week is because I'm I'm kind of concerned because while I love that this rules in place and while I love that college athletes are you know able to take care of themselves and families etc I'm concerned that like before now people are going to start taking advantage of kids where kids, maybe their families, if they don't come from much, see the dollar sign and say, okay, this person's going to offer me a hundred thousand dollars. And you're going to have people taking advantage of these kids that don't know any better, don't understand the deals they're signing um, and all these things for the quick dollar and be tied into something years after they're out of school. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's my main concern with, you know, this, this new era of college sports is I'm fine with kids making money. Like that's, I'm cool with that. If, if they're yeah. working hard and like, if the school's gonna make all this money off of me, I should make some money off my own name that I was given at birth. Um, but I'm, I'm concerned that a lot of these kids, a lot of black and brown kids who might not understand this, people are going to try to take advantage of them. So that's, I think that's the thing I've been watching most as, you know, this rule has started to come into play. It's going to be the wild West for a few years. It's going to be totally unregulated, uh, just wild 
uh, recruiting and booster involvement, all these boosters who own the local car wash or the local Ford dealership or whatever, there's going to be a lot of, it's going to be fast and furious. And I don't know if I would have realized in the same situation at 18. And I don't know if these kids realize it, that they need, they need somebody who knows what they're doing looking at all these things that they're going to sign and accept money for. Because once you accept money from somebody, they usually want something in return. Right. Right. And and I think, I think that's, I, that has to be the expectation. Like you need an agent, don't you? I mean, you pretty much need an I agent. Don't, I don't know if what's going on here. Like, I don't know if kids are, have agents now because this is where you would need that person. I don't know if they have managers. I don't know if there's a department at the school that's set up now for financial literacy and like all these different things. Like, I just don't know. And none of that part has been given to the public that none of that part has been as loud as the dollar amounts the kids are making. Darren Ravel not tweeting that out. Like, (laughs) nope, they're having this financial literacy course at Alabama for all these kids making all this, like that's not coming out. So um, I I'm, that's just my concern is like, I think this is great, but with that power of having the the financial support behind your name and what you do and what you represent, I want kids to be able to have the knowledge and wherewithal to understand that, look, all money ain't good money. You know what I'm saying? And like every dollar amount that comes past you isn't something that you want to accept. I think it happens in real life too. Like you come across situations where it's like, mm, could I take this job? Sure. Is it necessarily beneficial for me long-term? No. So I'm going to decline. Like things like that happen. And I think for these kids, it's just like, dude, I'm 19 and somebody, somebody offered me 250 grand for to take pictures at their car wash or that their, their car dealership. And that's all I have to do. And it's going to be 250 K in my bank account. Like that's, I think that's an easy way where the kid sees the dollar sign, but I need somebody that's going to look at the fine print to make sure that these kids aren't getting taken advantage of. I'm also not a big fan, Russ, of Nick Saban's public fretting over how this is going to make things unequal when I'm thinking he was more than happy to put out there that Bryce Young is going to make a million dollars because that does nothing but good for Nick Saban in terms of recruiting. And especially a place like Alabama, I mean, it's just – it's one more reason to go there knowing that now you're going to have as good an opportunity there as any other program. I would think maybe if you went to USC, maybe if you're in a bigger market, um, but it's going to be hard to beat the money you're going to make doing local things in Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. And this is a new, like this, all this stuff is publicized now because the rules in place, but like see, boosters and people have been giving at least money for a long time. And I think Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back. I think all these athletes that, you know, the ta- uh, the the Terrell Priors of the world, like all those guys, they deserve some type of apology because they basically paved the way for this. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, but also, I uh, somebody told me a story a couple of years ago. A friend of mine who had a best friend that played football at SEC school okay. before NIL, before all the rules were in place. He was at a a booster's house for dinner and he told the booster that he wanted uh, a PlayStation four. Not a house, not a house, no PlayStation four, but he just couldn't pay for one. What's that like 500 bucks? Yeah, it's about 500 bucks at the time. And the booster goes, okay, 
we'll uh we'll make sure that you have that. Don't worry about it. And we'll get you and your teammates a couple. And so they send the kid a location behind a Walmart. And in a dumpster, in a trash bag, was $25,000. So at least you don't have to go in the trash bag behind Walmart anymore. You can get your money up front. <laughs> you just write a check now, yeah. Right. But, That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, so for some un, for some period of time, there was just twenty five grand in cash in a bag in the dumpster at Walmart that someone could have stumbled upon. Yeah, they texted the dude like, "Hey, go to Walmart in a in the blank dumpster like it had the name of the dumpster. Uh, there's a bag. It'll have like something on it so you can identify it. And twenty five <laughs> grand in there. <laughs> what would you do if you got that text? I'd be at Walmart picking up twenty five <laughs> grand. You would know exactly what it was. You wouldn't if if I said like, "Hey, go to Walmart and uh, you know look in the dumpster. There's a bag in there. It's got your name on it. That's what you want to. That's what you want to find." Well, I wouldn't have it in a text message where like it was traceable. Like I want another way where you like come to my apartment or house and be like, "Hey, go to this place and your money's in the bag." Like I think having the trace of the message on the phone, I don't. I think that defeats the purpose. But yeah, look if if. If the booster is going to talk to the go-between at the school and say, hey, Russ is 25K is at Walmart, I'm taking my ass to Walmart. Now these guys could do commercials for Walmart. Yes, they could. Making the same amount of money, probably. The Publix in Florida, there, there'll be some deals out there, I'm assuming so. Well, I'm glad you brought Florida into the conversation because it should be in the middle of every conversation. And I promise you, when the really, really shady stuff starts happening, it will originate from there. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, uh, I don't think this is done because I, I still don't think that this has corrected the situation. Um, I think the schools need to start paying them too. Like they skated past this, but the schools need to dedicate some of their funding towards their athletic program in terms of paying college athletes. That's who I really oh, yeah. to pay. Some kind of base stipend or right. salary. Something. Something. All these schools need to, to, to start paying them. And I think that's the next step. The the NIL is is a great first step, but the next step is for these schools to start paying too. And reason yeah. number one for that, Russ, Russ mentioned this. And I Russ, I honestly think most people don't know this. So I'm not saying this to be condescending in any way. I think most people don't realize this. It's it is more than a full time job. Yeah, this is like this is like an eight hour a day, six day a week during the season. Uh, And it's not just the season. I mean, there's full days of this during the offseason. There's very little time off. This is basically working full time while you're while you have a full credit load. And I I never did that when I was in college. And that would have been a lot to ask. Even working part time while you're doing a full course load is difficult in college. My final project. Uh, when I was in school a couple of years ago, this was just four years ago um, when I was a senior at ORU was on this. And so mm. a good friend of mine who was on the baseball team. I followed him around for a day with a, a camera and I just shot his day from when he woke up at 5 a.m. going to get food at the cafeteria, um, going to do his first workout of the day at 6 a.m. trying to get shower, run the class come back to the field at noon for their midday practice, get shower, get to class, 
Yes. Come back to the school of uh, the, the field at three 30 for their regularly scheduled practice to then go get some food real quick, go to his final class at five o'clock before needing to get some dinner and, and go to study hall and finish homework. And by the time the day was over, it was like 1030. You know what I'm saying? And he's still like not really starting all the work he needs to get done. So it's just like, it's more than a full-time job. Like it's 17 hour days. You know, these practices aren't short. It's not like, like these are strenuous practices um, to prepare world-class athletes multiple times a day. And then you're adding schoolwork on top of that. And then yeah. the normal pressures are just being a student or being a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid. You know, it's crazy. Uh, give me a minute here. <laughs> I don't know how I like kind of cleanse my palate of what we just talked about during the break. Or listen to during the break. Yeah, I don't know how I uh, come back from that, from what we just discussed in the break, um, and then try to do a normal type segment. But hey, Russ, do you want to know what we didn't get to today? Please. <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, quite a bit. Um, so the NBA Finals, uh, are you familiar with the NBA Finals, Russ? I am. They just uh, wrapped up. The Russ, the NBA Finals for 2022, next year's NBA Finals. The favorites are out to win next year's championship. The favorite is the Nets, followed by the Lakers, Bucks, and then this is the one that surprised me: the Warriors, fourth in line. Interesting. What do you think about that one? I think that's wrong. Because what? Right. If, what if Steph leaves this summer? Then what? Well, he's not leaving. Come on. Yeah. Where is he going to go? Lakers. Strange things have happened. Uh, ESPN announced it's confirmed now. Maria Taylor, who we've uh, talked about at length on this show, is leaving. Game six was her last day of work. There were reports a couple of weeks ago that she's going to NBC Sports. I don't know where that stands, but my guess is either way, she's not going to be out of work long. Uh, Deion Sanders is upset. It's on my list of things we were going to get to, but I forgot. Well, that's why I'm here, Russ. <laughs> Deion Sanders is upset with a reporter for calling him Dion, for addressing him as Dion, his first name, rather than as coach with a capital C. Uh, what do you think? Do you do you have you ever addressed Absolutely someone not. as coach that you were coaching? Not, not when I was a professional. So when I was doing the job in like college, you call somebody coach just because it's like yeah. it's a comfort thing. Like you're a student at the point is now like, oh, that's coach. You know what I'm saying? But as a adult and a professional, I'm not calling another adult coach because they're not my coach. Right. Like his name is Dion. I'm not calling him Coach Prime. Like, that's ridiculous. And, for, and then uh, to come in today that Jackson State is not allowing that person to tr cover, trying to not allow that person to cover the team. And it's just like, I don't know what they think this is. Like, that's not how this job works. Like, that's not that guy's coach. Like, I cover Dion Sanders who's yes. the coach of Jackson state's football team. And I think it happens in this, this in our business a lot where people take themselves too seriously and think that they're more important than they actually are. Yes. And on both sides. I think uh, Dion has always had a little bit of an ego, but this seems off. 
Well, he's in an ego and he's going into a small program with a very small media coverage base. And the thinking this happens with some of these smaller teams, not just in college football, but in other sports, uh, even professional teams that are kind of smaller. Um, they think they can run everything. They think the media is there almost to work for them. Right. And that isn't how this works at all. I've never addressed anyone as coach. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, maybe a judge or a doctor I might refer to by their yeah. title when I'm talking to them. Yeah. But once I became an adult, my dad straight up told me, my dad heard me call somebody at, when I was like maybe 18 or 19, heard me call somebody Mr. Something, refer to someone as Mr. Something. And he's like, you don't, you don't do that once you're an adult. Once you're an adult, you address people by their first names. You're an adult, they're an adult. You refer to them as you address them as, hey, Russ. And I, I, Deion Sanders actually brought up the point of, you know, if you call Nick Saban, if you address him as Nick, you'd be thrown right out of there. I covered Nick Saban and I addressed him as Nick. And so did everybody else that covered him when he was with the Dolphins. Now in Tuscaloosa, I don't know what that's like. When you're in these small college towns, maybe the media is a little more compliant. But I've always thought that when you address someone as coach, when you ask them their questions, you sound more like a fan when you're mm -hmm. saying that that's, that's the objection I have to it. Not just the fact that uh, as much as I do respect the job and the difficulty of being a football coach or any other kind of coach, it's not at the level of doctor or judge or pastor in my mind. Um, but I'm just, I'm an adult. You're an adult. I cover you. We're pretty much on equal footing here. Right. Uh, I'm going to address you by your first name. And that is probably the part that Deion Sanders can't live with is this idea. He can't stomach this idea that, him and the media would be on equal footing in this exchange. Correct. Would you like to hear about the time I learned the F word? <laughs> I was scrambling, man. I had Bryce Young, Alabama, million dollars on my list for the rundown, and then you used it for a segment. So I thought, I'm going to tell Russ about the time I learned the F word. Okay, let's do it. So I was in first grade. Is that early or late for the first time you're hearing the F word? Uh, a little early. Okay. Uh, we were sitting in class in the classroom and the kid across from me uh, said something about the F word. And I said, what's the F word? Because I'd heard a couple of bad words at that time. You know, uh, I, I used to hang with a rough crowd in kindergarten <laughs> and I'm like, F F word. What word starts with what swear word starts with F? And I'm, we're whispering this as the teacher is talking. And uh, he's like, come on, you don't know. I'm like, no, I don't know. And he's like, it rhymes with duck. And so I yelled it out. I was like, oh, and the kid, he, he immediately shot his hand up in the air and he said, Mrs. Wells, Jason L swore. Oh, no, you got, you'd have to get that kid some straightening because oh, that he needed some straightening. Yeah, no, that's oh, my God. Well, we didn't oh, go 30 at my school in first grade, Tony. It wasn't like uh, your situation <laughs> should have. Um, the movie Pig, which we've talked about, I don't we know, have. nine straight weeks on this podcast. Uh, it's an enormous hit. It's a critically acclaimed hit. Are you aware of this, Russ? Tony, I, I, I still, I still don't think there's us. any way that Nick Cage could deliver the monologue from the movie with as much conviction and power and theatrics as you did. But Russ, this is a hit, this is a hit movie. Multiple people hit us on Twitter. People were te was, were texting me about it and like, yo, your boy Nick Cage. <laughs> all right, further, I'll relax. But yeah, they say it's it's like one of his best performances ever. So yeah, maybe we need to do like, I'm getting an Oscar for this. I think we need to do to, to take a pod uh, field trip to the theater mm -hmm. and go see this thing. 
I think that we should. I think it sounds like everyone should see this movie. And I can't believe I'm saying that after seeing the trailer and hearing Tony read the monologue from it, where it's like, who can you trust in this world? What's the meaning of life? Everything is empty. Who has my pig? But you and I both work at the Chicago Sun-Times, yeah. which is also where Richard Roper works. He is an excellent writer and critic. Legend. Legendary in Chicago and beyond. Uh, and not only a good, like I said, a good critic, but a very good writer. I really enjoy reading the reviews. Uh, he called this movie beautiful and the performance by Nick Cage beautiful. He, called, he said it's rustic, poetic, occasionally funny, sometimes heartbreaking and wonderfully strange. He said Nick Cage is magnificent. And he concludes his review, Russ, by saying of Pig, this is one of the best movies of the year. I think our colleague uh, has just given us the reason to go see it. So I think Saturday, I'm free day. I think we should go find a nice theater and, and go watch this thing and give the folks a review. I would say yes to that, but I have to think about whether I'm ready for the emotional experience of what that would be. <laughs> and finally, Russ, an Atlanta woman woke up to a serval cat in her bed. Do you know what a serval cat is? I do not. You, you and the listeners. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You said a what cat? I think it's pronounced serval. S-E-R-V-A-L is what I have. No. What? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Tony, do you know? You looked like you knew. Uh, does it mean a diseased cat? Tony, well, no, we're not playing the what does that mean game. Um, no, that's a type of cat in the wild. It's native to Africa. And this woman in the Atlanta area woke up to this in her bed because her husband accidentally left the front door open when he went out to walk the dog. And this cat came in. She was still sleeping. The cat's in the bed. If you look this thing up, it looks like a miniature leopard or jaguar. And this thing was just sitting in her bed. And it's, it, it should not have been there in any way. But somebody obviously had an illegal pet and uh, it got loose. And that's quite a thing to wake up to in your bed. On that note, I want to thank everybody for listening to this uh, wild episode of Sports Adjacent where Jason was not prepared. And yes. And only provided um, what he usually provides on this. <laughs> as, as always, everybody, make sure you go to obviousshirts.com. Uh, use promo code adjacent10 to get 10% off your purchase and free shipping. Uh, our sports station collection will we'll have a restock soon. We'll let everybody know when that will take place. But also, as Jason said earlier, you can go on, click on our collection and do the notify uh, when those, those restocks happen. So if you miss it here, you can catch it in your email. Um, if you want to listen to us, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, I believe you can also listen to podcasts or wherever else you find your podcast uh, for give us five stars, subscribe, tell all your friends. For Russ Dorsey, Jason Leisure, Tony Gill on the boards. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.